I want to I read a phrase again from the gospel reading for today. One's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. I imagine what a walk through my own home would be like with that phrase ringing in my ears. Pulling into the garage and viewing all the assorted tools and supplies stored there. Walking into the home to see the furniture, nothing fancy, but lots of places to sit. Take a stroll into the kitchen and the cabinets are filled with food and the refrigerator is packed. Again, we don't have expensive tastes in what we eat, but there's always plenty. My closet and my dresser are full of clothes. And let's not forget my office at church with lots of books, because those are the kinds of barns that ministers love to build. And I know I'm not the only one. Most of us, if we put our lives up against this statement, would find ourselves struggling to justify what we have. One's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Or maybe we could consider a 21st century paraphrase. One's life does not consist in the abundance of electronic devices and of apps on our phones to direct our lives or to entertain us. We love to associate the word hoarding with the reality TV shows where someone has gotten the attention of the health department, but hoarding is about so much more than a person becoming a public nuisance. Hoarding is an accumulation of things or money far beyond what is needed, and that's always, that's always at the expense of others. One's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. We would be hard-pressed to find a phrase that more clearly indicts our American lifestyle. We love our stuff, our possessions, our creature comforts, our games, our sports equipment, our clothes, our craft supplies, our books, our electronic devices. That makes us uncomfortably like the rich man in the parable. He had plenty, and then he experienced a windfall. That year his fields produced a bumper crop. So much so he was left with a problem. What was he going to do with all of this? Audrey West rightly calls our attention to how this man thinks about all of this. Listen to the pronouns. My crops, my barns, my grain, my goods, my soul. He believes he achieves success in life by the dent of his smarts and his efforts. He was the self-made man that American capitalism epitomizes. He had wealth in the form of crops. He also had plenty of possessions. They're mentioned in his barn building. We see no mention of family. This man appears to be all by himself in life. He has his crops 
and he has his barns and he has his stuff. He probably owns slaves and has some hired servants, but he has no one he cares about and no one evidently who cares about him. If he does have children, they will likely sell his crops and his barns and move on with their own life without much thought. Our wealthy landowner is an extreme case. And we might be tempted to say, well, you know, we're not like that. That's for other folks to hear that parable. You might think your barns are full but not overflowing. And you may be correct in thinking you're not as bad as this landover. But Jesus is telling us this story for everyone, for everyone. And remember, he preached to very poor people. He's telling the story to everyone as a warning and as an invitation. We might be tempted to read God's words in this story as judgment for his, his greed. I don't think that's correct. God is not saying, since you've not treated this blessing properly, I'm going to smite you down. No, God calling this man a fool is a lament. You had all this. And rather than doing good with it and using it in ways that blessed others and even blessed you, you focus solely on accumulating and guarding what you have. You fool, you wasted your life. And all this that has been given to you, you've wasted it all. And now it's too late. There's the warning. Life is given us for a time. We must not let it slip by and waste our time. And all these blessings that we have from God that we have been given, we shouldn't waste those either. The invitation we can access if we rework this statement about possessions. One's life should consist in the sharing of blessings of abundance we receive from God. We are freed to give, to share, to enjoy with others the incredible abundance that God pours into our world. Life is not a grasping, groping, fighting for every last scrap on the table. Life is a table spread by God with plenty. We are invited to the table, and we are expected to invite others to the table. This invitation fits so well with our approach to this table. When we come here, we're not coming to just get food for our bellies. This is not my table, my bread, my wine. That's not what's going on here. This is the Lord's table with an invitation to the whole world, to the rich and to the poor, to the healthy and to the infirm, to the well-fed and to the hungry, to the citizen and to the refugee, to the straight and to the gay, to every person from every tribe and every nation. There is plenty of biblical support for our caring for our resources, for wise investing, for planning for the future. 
But with that wisdom, the Bible invites us to use our resources in ways that allow us to share generously. And there's such joy awaiting when we do that. We're freed to give. And when we exercise that freedom, we experience love and we see the lives of others transformed. What if we dare rewrite our parable? The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said this, I will throw a party for the many people in my household who helped me get this abundance. And I will invite my neighbors and all my tenants and share this wealth for them, for they had a part to play too. And I will go on the roadway into town and I will give gifts to all who beg, for they are not so fortunate as I have been. The barns I have are enough, and perhaps they are too full. I will pull out some of my goods I am not using, and I will give those away. And God said, what a wonderful idea. This night, after your party and your giving, you and I will meet, and I will be able to tell you, you finally understood what was important. Well done. You will be remembered for many years to come, and your blessings will flow and multiply to so many others beyond your imagining. We are surrounded in this place by plenty of witnesses to people who take that approach to life. The lights are a pure gift we were given. Our beautiful garden, parking lot, handicap entrance that Many, many people had a hand in helping us develop and pay for. We have incredible faithful givers who support our budget and make our ministry possible. Our endowments make it possible for us to do so much more that lies beyond the reach of the annual budget. And I know this community has been incredibly blessed by members who, who are generous with the abundance that they have enjoyed. They understand one's life should consist in the sharing of the blessings of abundance we receive from God. So go from here and see about emptying the barns a little bit. Give away some goods, some possessions that you don't need right now. When a blessing comes your way, make the blessing of others the priority in the building of barns the second or third thing or the last thing you do. Take stock of the barns that are full and share. God gives us abundant blessings to free us from the tyranny of stuff and the prison of greed. We are freed. We are freed to give. Let us continue to be generous with our friends, with our families, with our church, with our community. Amen.